Good day, number six. Number what? Six. For official purposes, everyone has a number. Yours is number six. But you don't by any chance happen to have six. There were those six that I know about for sure. And what is up, podcast people and soundtrack geniuses around the world? You are listening to The Soundcast, the official podcast of TrackSounds.com. And in this podcast, we talk all things film, television, and video game music. I'm Christopher Coleman, and joining me today is... Kristen Romanelli of FilmScore Monthly Online. And I'm Justin Craig, a film music writer. And today is Sunday, July 30th, 2017, and this is episode 95, The Soundcast 6, Volume 4, where we talk about six of the most compelling topics in the last week from the world of film music. You can find all episodes of The Soundcast on iTunes, Stitch Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and Acast, and of course you can find it at thesoundcast.com. You can send your feedback to soundcast at tracksounds.com or if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, use our SpeakPipe widget on our site or hit us up on Twitter at TrackSounds or on Facebook. Christian and Justin, welcome back. Thanks. Thank you. Glad to have you guys both back safe, sound, and ready to hit up six topics in 60 minutes. You think you can handle that? I think Sounds so. Sounds fun. Are you ready with the, with the beeper buzzer? I am. And Justin, this is your first time on, on the Soundcast 6, so basically you've just heard how it works. We're going to hit six topics. We have 10 minutes per topic. Kristen has the beeper buzzer alarm when we've run out of time. If we if we finish a topic before we use up our 10 minutes, that gives us some bonus minutes on another potential topic. And so the six topics of today are going to be, number one, we're going to talk about Hans Zimmer and ben, Benjamin Walfish being added to the Blade Runner 2049 composing crew. We're going to talk about the Willow sequel, and if Horner's not doing it, then who do we think will, or who would we like to see? Uh, third topic is going to be Red or Play- Ready Player One trailer, which was released during Comic Con, and it's been announced that Alan Silvestri is going to be composing the score. So I'm going to react to that. Number four, the Stranger Things season two trailer was released during Comic Con, and it had some very interesting music in its trailer and we're going to talk about that a little bit and what we think how we think the 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 season two music might evolve or not number five uh was going to be the thor ragnarok trailer and its music uh that trailer was also released during comic-con and lastly but certainly not leastly uh it was announced just a few days ago that composer john powell would be scoring the Star Wars Han Solo movie. That's our topic number six. You're not going to want to miss a single one. So let's get started with topic number one. Hans Zimmer, Ben Walfish, Blade Runner 2049. on a film music reporter at least that was where i first uh, saw it announced uh, and it was confirmed to me by uh, another source um and so i believe this is the truth like it or not Kristen, what was your reaction to this news well i was eager to hear what johan johansson would have done because he's worked with villeneuve so successfully um 
but he is part of that remote control circle, so I'm not really surprised. Is he? Um, he is. Yeah. He does most of his mixing there. Um, oh. Yeah. And he's sort of been part of that um, that little crew. Um, and, you know, Ben Walfish is kind of Zimmer's... Fla- I'm not going to say flavor of the month. That's kind of mean. But he's he's, he's kind been of his a new protege, huh? Yeah, he's he's like Nouveau Klaus Vadelt. And um he's a very talented composer. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I I'm kind of interested. Yeah. It's Although it Okay, I was waiting for the butt. <laughs> although Wallfish's uh his his specialty is more in the orchestral mm-hmm. sort of score. Um so I'm not sure how that will fit into the whole Vangelis sort of soundscape. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. Uh very interesting. Uh, Justin, what was your reaction to this news? My first reaction was, oh, no. (laughs) But then, the more I thought about it, I was like, wait a second. If we're going to start moving composers around, I have a brilliant idea. Why not (laughs) go back and get Vangelis? What? Holy cow. That would be crazy. Why would you do such a thing? Why no one would, would you ever do think that? To do that? That's just nutty. That's crazy. Oh my that's cuckoo. God. That's like rebooting Jaws and not doing any kind of John Williams Jaws motif or any kind of <laughs> even asking John Williams to come back and do it. He'll say no, but whatever. Well, I <laughs> mean, they, they are licensing his music already. Are they? They must be. They must be. It's been all over the trailers. Yeah, well, that's the trailer music. I'm sure. That's I'm sure right. there'll be hints to the original score in it. Um, but I mean, why not? Why not go back with the original composer? I mean, I'm fine. I, I guess I'm okay with Zimmer and Wallfish on this because if it's going to be all synth, that's their strength. Uh, or at least Zimmer's strength. Not Wallfish's, um, yeah, exactly. And it is Zimmer's strength. It, my yeah. my, if, he does. Well, t- if he goes back, if I'm okay with it, if he goes back to early '90s, yeah, but not. It doesn't he have to be that? Yes, I, I would yeah. like a score like Tron, not the original Tron, the um, Tron Legacy, something Tron Legacy. like that. Ooh. Would be really I mean, cool. I, I mean, uh, this is obviously it, a much darker, more serious film. Yeah, but exactly. you can do that sort of fun, synthy, melodic, um, and rhythmic. Uh, style for this, I think it would be pretty cool. It's it's too it's too dark. It's too um, film noir for that. At least that's what the first one. Oh, sure. Was. And and I don't I don't know if I want it to be super rhythmic. And I don't I don't, I don't know if it's going to be rhythmic. It's probably going to be a lot of ambient sound. With yeah. but when you say Tron Legacy, that's what I think of. That was super rhythmic. Well, rhythmic, but it had. It had uh, uh, melody to it. At least it did. It did. But but the energy. I mean, there's great great melody in Tron Legacy. I love it. But 
the energy came from that those Daft Punk rhythms. I bet we're going to hear a lot of um, short punctuating motifs in this score, somewhat similar to that motif that Johansson did for Arrival, for the aliens, that kind of like drone and pulse. I bet it's going to be something like that uh, mixed in with with a lot of loud whole notes and action music with uh, whole notes over uh, a lot of uh, ostinato. But so I wanted to hear a solo Johan Johansson score for this, given Arrival and given his other work. Mm-hmm. He, he does amazing work. And yeah. I think it would have been a very unique, and he could have not just done Vangelis, he could have moved that up and advanced it or matured it or taken it in a new direction. It's been how many years? 1982. Uh, that's a lot of years. 25, 35 years. Um, even in, I, I guess, well, 2049. I forget. When did Blade Runner take place? Like around now, 2018 yeah. or 20, so I can't remember. So anyway, they're advancing it quite a few years. I, it would make sense that the music would kind of move in a new direction to some degree. And I think you'd have been perfect for that. What I, don't what I hope we don't get is just pads and morphing sounds and I don't I don't that's not what I'm looking for uh from 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 Blade Runner and so I hope he goes back to his early 90s style if he's going to do anything if Zimmer's going to be heavily contributing but Johan is still on it so I I, I still have Good expectation, maybe not great expectation anymore. Yeah, they um, could always do Dunkirk Part Two. Oh, gee, see, that's why you know it's coming at a bad time. The announcement came yeah. for us at a bad yeah. time for a lot Seriously. of people. Like, for oh, Johansson yeah. because he's been on the project for so long. Exactly, and he's done even and, done an interview about it last year, talking about what he was going to yeah. do. Yeah, that's why I can't so believe it's, it's like, like, oh, it's too much work to do. He's been working on this forever. All of us. Yeah, he did an interview with. Uh, Film Score Monthly last year that involved a question about yeah. that. And he was he's so into it and he's Villeneuve's guy. And yeah. that's why it just it smells a little bit. I don't know who is pulling the trigger or the strings on this. That sounds um, like it sounds like know, obviously Ridley's thing. involved. Sounds like Al you know, Alcon is Ridley. <laughs> who knows who's pulling the strings on these things? Um, it smells markety, like we need to get Hans's name in there somehow. But it's not like Johansson doesn't have cachet now. I mean, but no one has the every- cachet of Zimmer. Any, uh, yeah, point. but the theory of everything, you know, skyrocketed him up there. Sure. And, and Arrival, too. I mean, people are like, wait, what is this? What is this stuff we're Why hearing? didn't he get nominated for Arrival? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was like a whole thing last year. So. I feel like he does suck cache and I don't think studios are really looking to the composer for uh, name recognition or star power to drive their film. So I say to drive their soundtrack sales, I'd say yes. And Hans Zimmer is a name. I think they, they do rely on for that. I feel like they definitely, definitely do that. Um, A recent example is going to be Detroit. Um, I don't want to get into that now, but yeah. I, I have things on, to say. <laughs> how are we on time? It seems like we must be getting close. I forgot to record. We have, no, we we have a minute For 40. Time? Okay, okay. Um, so in, kind of in honor of that, I finally watched 
Ghost in the Shell just last night. And you know, it's interesting in that and it's not and this related in this in the fact of if they're no, it's not really related. I won't even bring it up now. It's a whole nother it's a whole nother conversation. Um, but it is similar in terms of, you know, you had Clint Mansell and then Lauren Balfe was brought on. And and so I was very um, attuned to the score, just trying to tell who did what part. And I don't know. And, and I'm like, really? Did, it didn't feel like it. Ne- I don't know what changes were made. Or it, it, in the end, sure it was just Balfe OK. The, I th- I'm pretty sure Balfe did the orchestral parts in that. Uh, were there orchestral parts? I don't there remember were, any. There were definitely some, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, there I, were there were two separate recording sessions, so it was right. like two separate scores that were kind of like stitched together. Well, the opening scene had a nod to Kenji Kawai's um, theme, uh, especially with the, in the vocals. It had a nod to it. Was it like, oh, that's cool. I hope they do that some more. No, never heard it again, I don't think through the rest of the score. And then the end credits is Kenji Kohai's. And I'm like, well, why would you put it there? Because it means nothing to, to anyone who hasn't seen the film before and or the original anime. And if you have seen the original anime, then you are looking, for, looking forward to hearing it throughout the whole film. And then you don't hear it until the end credits. So I don't understand the logic of placing it there for both camps. Makes no sense. Well, because- but in any case... Because mm-hmm. all these guys are remote control, um, I feel like it will be more unified. And that was the timer. Oh, I didn't hear it. Okay. All right. Well, wow, that was a good that was a good ten minutes. All right, let's let's go. We'll go to number two. sequel it's been talked about for a couple of years i've been able to find articles going back to 2015 uh, i think to a reddit that ron howard had done back then and he's like never say never type of thing but it looks like this thing is happening uh and it's just too bad that it's happening after the passing of james horner i don't know if he would have done it i think he might have um but since james horner is not going to be around to do this willow sequel who do you think uh, will do it in reality? Who do you think will? But And then who would you like to see do it, Justin? Well, I don't know. I mean, if Ron Howard directs it, uh, he would probably pull from one of his usuals. Um, maybe like John maybe if, if he has a good <laughs> rapport with John Powell after the Han Solo film, maybe he would go with that. that and that would be a great choice. That would be pretty now, awesome. Now, I mean, Willow bombed at the box office, so I can't imagine that yes. there are going to successfully create or make a, a, a sequel um and nor should they i see willow i love willow so many people do not like willow but i love willow. willow it's one of my favorite movies and it is my favorite james horner score that and sneakers what? it is really? oh yes i love it i love it i love it i love it that and sneakers yes. oh oh justin and sneakers I love sneakers the movie too <laughs> he loves sneakers love it Everything about it. Wow. Everything about it. But Willow is... I love Willow so much. I mean, Gene... Um, 
Jean Marsh as Queen Bev Morta was brilliant. And now that she won't be in it because the character is gone, I mean, there's just so much that's going to be missing from a sequel to Willow. But most importantly, James Horner. And nobody's going to to recreate that that masterpiece of a score. I know there's so much criticism about it because he lifts so much from like Schumann and Prokofiev and all of that. But um, he always I does know, that. but it's just that guy knows how to write for an orchestra or knew how to write for an orchestra. And yeah. I mean, it is just a perfect score for me. I love it so much. And I, I so who do you think? Who do you think in, in this world that we live in right now? Who do you think they would pull in? Oh God, I don't know. I mean, I'm my first. Who would you like to see then? Somebody that really knows how to do an orchestral score, like very well. I would. I don't want him to go the Game of Thrones route. Um, no, no. But I mean, take a look at John Powell's music for the Dragon films, which are incredible. And mm-hmm. I mean, he—that's a good fit if they keep that tone. Sure. Um, or maybe it's a dark chapter in the Willow trilogy. <laughs> now. Now, Christopher, I know who you would like because I'm looking at your notes, and I would agree 100%. I think he would be absolutely perfect. David yes. Newman. Yeah, David. I, I, I'm like, I fill in David Newman's name for everywhere I would have liked to have seen James Horner, essentially. <laughs> David Newman is so underused today. Yes. Does he do anything? He I just mean, did girls trip. Yes, he since does. Tarzan, that, that Tarzan, Tarzan girls trip. was awesome. <laughs> it I was. listen to that all the time. It's fantastic. What did you say, Chris, and he had done? He, he did Girls Trip. He did? He did. Wow. I'm, I did not know there's, that. There's hardly any score, really, no. to speak of. And it's probably there, just but... that playful kind of comedic stuff. Yeah, think. it's like playful 90s rom-com stuff, but... Um, what? what? Anybody, not anybody, but there's so much more he could be doing. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, well who Newman, did you? Who did you? Newman is a powerhouse. Like, yeah. I, there's so much he should be doing. He should be doing a Pixar film. He should be doing a superhero film. One of the Marvel or DC yes. movies. But yes, uh, he. I don't know. He just needs. You know, directors need to start picking him. Yep. Who who did you? Who do you think Kristen will will get on this? Or who well, would you like? <laughs> I put down Franklin. Um, Makes sense. <laughs> because he was a Horner's guy. Um, he he worked with him for so, 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 so long. Um, however, I really like the suggestion of, well, not just David Newman, because obviously, but given the Ron Howardness, um, John Powell would probably be a really good pick. If mm-hmm. he does not go with Powell, uh, James Newton Howard would mm-hmm. break out something amazing for a fantasy setting like this. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, but James That's Newton Howard call. isn't the James Newton Howard that we knew and loved a long time ago. Ah, uh, true. Stupid Daikini. He, he can be. <laughs> Daikini? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds way inside. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a, a, what is it, a human? It's kind of like a muggle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Harry yeah. Potter. It's a. It's, it's like, like a non magic. Oh, is it's this human? From, human in is this Willow. From the last that last film. It's, it's from, from Willow. Willow. Yeah. Oh, it's from Willow. Gosh, I haven't seen that in so long. Um, 
but he did do. Now I wasn't thrilled with the last. What was the the Harry Potter spinoff? Oh, I can't yeah. think of so, the name. Fantastic Beasts. Wasn't thrilled oh, with like that. that. But but Snow um, White and it's uh, Maleficent, Maleficent was Maleficent. great. That's what I was looking for. That was pretty pretty fantastic. So I would be down for that. I mean, what about Edward Shearmer? I mean, I don't know where oh, he went. Oh, yeah. But I was just thinking about him a couple I mean, weeks ago because I was thinking on. about Sky Captain and how, you know, what the heck? Yeah. Where did he go? <laughs> yes. I mean, God, it'd be so, it'd be great. It would be great. There, there's so many, so many out there. Um, like, like I already mentioned, I'd love to see David Newman. I doubt it, seriously. Um, hey, if this movie even gets greenlit then we can lobby we we could just tweet everybody ron howard he's on twitter all the time talking so just be like dude come on david newman david newman david newman they don't care they don't care what we think at all well you know what they might listen to our opinions but it's not going to affect their decisions (laughs) oh i was thinking about john powell and that sounds all good and fine but then i think about pan and i wasn't thrilled with that score what did you guys think? I made a few tracks into it, and I heard all the weird singing and turned it off. Yeah. So that, for me, was the first... Well, he's done some boring scores in the four, like Stop Loss and some of these other that were just like, Meh, whatever. But that was the first one I was like, uh-oh, John. That was just not... Hey, if he, if he wants to let it rip, he lets it rip. Sure. Like, There's so no many doubt. great John Powell scores. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. I mean, the vast majority of his stuff. And, I can't you know, wait. I would love for someday somebody to release a, a full score to um, The Road to El Dorado. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, that music at the end of the film when the, they're escaping El Dorado is so awesome. And that's not really available. Yeah. Well, how are we doing on time? We have a minute 55. Okay. Wow. It seems like they're we're getting so a lot for Willow. I mean, who would come back? Would Val Kilmer come back? He's he's kind of <laughs> chubby now. He would. He certainly He'd doesn't look like Mad Martin by himself. Anymore. He would be in the very last scene where uh, someone comes to the island and he just turned I around know. and doesn't have a single word right. to say. I saw Val Kilmer at a like a film convention a couple of years ago, and he looked like a homeless man. Oh god, yeah. Uh, he supposedly supposedly has gotten back in shape to uh, some degree. I I, well, according to Michael Douglas, he's very sick with throat cancer or something. I don't know. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. News a couple yeah. like maybe six months ago. Oh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know, know why Michael all. Douglas came out and announced that. Yeah, Michael Douglas is now Val Kilmer's well, publicist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you'd get um, um, what's his face back, the little guy. Oh yeah, Billy. He would um, not Billy the, Party. He's dead. But uh, Warwick Davis. Yeah. Yeah, Warwick Davis. You know he'd be back. Of oh, course. course. Yeah. He... Uh, but yeah, I think it would be it'd be fun. And you have to, you have to bring well, the theme oh, back, oh, right? Oh, oh, did you Don't watch you? Life Is Short on HBO? Because the whole like last yes. season or uh, the finale was them trying to do the Willow sequel, and they got Val Kilmer back. What? Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I never heard even heard of it, let alone see it. Interesting. Oh, it's a Ricky Gervais show. Uh, it's great. Uh, on HBO. It's probably about five or six years old now. And it's about Warwick Davis and how he is living um, uh, post Star Wars and, you know, trying to create an agency for uh, uh, to help little people and um, get work and not be exploited. Mm-hmm. And but it's that Ricky Gervais humor. So it's like a mockumentary, oh, right. but it's really funny and 
insane. Hmm. But they bring back Willow and uh, trying to get oh. that off the ground again. Okay, very interesting. Well, then this thing is this has been a thing for for a while then, which is great. And and I hope they do it, and I hope they do it well. <laughs> All right, let's move on to topic number three, which is the Ready Player One trailer that was released during Comic-Con. And, of course, the announcement was made, I don't know, it was made at the same time, before it, actually, that Alan Silvestri would be doing the score for this. Um, Kristen, what do you think about the the trailer and where we might be heading with Alan Silvestri's score? Um, I enjoyed the trailer. I had not read the book, so I'm not part of the... Yeah, me either. I did. Zeitgeist for that. You did, yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like something like this desperately needs 80s style Sylvester. Like Back to the Future Sylvester? Like Back to the oh, Future. Oh, this is going to be all well, Back you to know. the Future because the book is so Back to the Future heavy. All the references are so yeah. Back to the Future. So that's why I think it's perfect that Alan Sylvester took this on and not John Williams, even though you could, John Williams is all over this book. Uh, they even they in the book they even talk about all these mean? guys: Basil Poldoris, Jerry Goldsmith, James Horner. What in the yeah. book? You're yeah, kidding. Uh, John Williams, of course. And um, why would they talk about them in the book? Because they talk about all the movies and stuff. So it's like a huge '80s nostalgia love fest. And they go into all these different movies, like they actually go into the movies. And are mm-hmm. interacting with the characters. I think they go to, into Lady Hawk. Please do not bring the Lady Hawk score into this. Um, <laughs> but they go into Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, they go into a whole bunch of 80s movies in it. Wow. I hope they license so, the themes they need to license. Um, now, I read that Spielberg is cutting out all the references to his own movies because that would just be. I did hear that. That's that silly. Would be a little weird, I guess. Maybe for him. No, it well, wouldn't. would be weird for us, but I, maybe for him. I don't know. What? I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to get. I into mean, the you want someone else to do it right now, but um, that makes no sense to me. I mean, he defined the '80s, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes no sense. Yeah, but he's produced more. I think they're going to. Uh, they're obviously bringing in Back to the Future, and he produced that, so sure. they'll probably stick to the ones yeah. he produced. But I don't. I think they're cutting out Indiana Jones and. Uh, I don't know. Well, E.T. E. I don't remember anything about E.T. in the book. It could be there, but I don't remember. It's been a couple of years That's since I read nuts. it. But, um, yeah, I think Sylvester is a good choice over John Williams because if it does get to be pretty synthy, then I would prefer Alan Silvestri's synths than uh, John Williams because John Williams is not very good with using synths. Hmm. We'll end up with sleepers. Well, Oh. Which I'm in, by the well, way. Uh, you what? You're I in that, that movie? movie? Fun times. I'll Dude. tell stories another time. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll do an episode on... Justin's acting your, debut. your best friends are and your cameos. My best friends. Um, I really didn't make the connection of Sylvester and Back to the Future until just now, as we're talking about it, because, yeah, the, the DeLorean certainly makes its cameo appearance in the trailer, which everyone freaks out. I mean, there's tons of cameos everywhere. 
Um, and so it makes sense that you're going to quote that Back to the Future theme in there, and who better to quote it than the man himself? So that's that's cool. Um, and, and that gives... I hope it's not just a cameo of that motif, and then that's it. And then we have some other kind of score for the rest of the time. That's the thing I don't know. The tone of the movie... I mean, can you really do 80s Sylvestri in a serious way now? Um I, f- I feel Can like you? Spielberg could really inspire that in him. I mean, not that he can't do it, but will audiences respond to it here's, like they did Here's in the an 80s. issue that they're going to run into with this movie, just by watching the trailer, which I didn't think was a very good trailer based on the book. Um, oh, wow. I the book it. is very genuine when it comes to discussing the 80s movies and 80s nostalgia and you feel like you're actually in the 80s watching the trailer and it's not Spielberg's well it is Spielberg's fault because he's the captain of the ship but it's uh uh Janusz Kaminski's cinematography which is so which looks like Minority Report and AI which does mm-hmm. not look mm-hmm. at all anything like the 80s it looks very mm-hmm. modern so I think mm-hmm. we're going to run into a little bit of uh contrast there which might affect the music. I think the music's going to have to it's match. The music's going to have. No, it takes place in. Yes, future, but he goes right? into this virtual reality, which is all eighties. Oh, okay. So, um, hmm. so I think the music's going to have to match the tone of the cinematography, and not necessarily what's going on with, um, the action. Uh, you know, like the time period. That would make sense. That would make sense. So is that. What is that? Avengers type of music? Probably. What, I don't know. What Can does that mean? He hasn't done that type of a score in a long time. He has a very different style. They all do. It's, you know, people a couple of years ago were like, oh, I hope John Williams goes back to, you know, how he originally wrote Star Wars for Force Awakens. But no, he it's he out of his he, system. He won't do that. And, you know, Which is 80s. sad. True. The only person who could really, hasn't really left that, well, is James Horner. He He would still occasionally dip back True. into how he would write for Wrath of Khan for some pieces and then True. go back into his Avatar type of a period within the same score. But everybody else seems Very to have, uh, you know, they evolve. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, I've dominated this. No, no, it's good. It's good. Any other thoughts, Kristen, on it, on this? No. How, many, how much time do we have? Uh, we have... Three minutes and, and forty. Five. Well, I could keep oh, going. Three minutes okay. forty-five seconds. Okay, we'll we'll bank that for another yep. another Thank topic. Uh, so we'll move on to number four, which is the Stranger Things season two trailer, which also debuted during Comic Con, um, and had. Some very interesting use of a pop song for once, not just total kitsch and what can we find that's vaguely connected in the way that people will recognize and get excited about. Um, if you and of course, and I didn't say at the beginning, links to all of the the news reports and or trailers will be in the show notes if you want to see or read exactly what we've seen and read. Um, so the Stranger Things season two trailer. 
an amazing trailer, I thought, and the most effective use of a pop song I've seen maybe, I won't say, maybe ever, I don't know, at least in recent memory, and that is the use of Michael Jackson's Thriller. I thought it was super, super, super well done. Makes sense on many levels. They didn't just use it straight. The way they edited um, and mixed it was just was phenomenal, and it fit the tone very, very well. It echoes back to the era that they're in. Everything was just was just phenomenal, um, which then got me to thinking about you know what how might the original score evolve if it even needs to. So those are my two questions to you, uh, Kristen. One, did you like the use of Thriller? And two, do you think this score will evolve at all? And if so, how? That's three questions. <laughs> oh, man. As soon as like I heard those first notes, as soon as I heard Vincent Price's voice, oh, his yes. voice, <laughs> one of one of my top voices of all times, like, yeah. Oh, it goes right to my bone. It, it's, oh, I love it. And it, it really brings you right into that and to the terror of it. And yeah. great use of thriller. And that said, I'm not sure how a score like that will evolve past its sequencers. Um, right. If they did insert something like uh sort of like amblin music like amblin music what do you mean like like the uh old spielberg williams scores oh oh well that would be really surprising yeah it would be surprising but i'd love touches like that i really would um, i think that boat has sailed that boat has probably definitely sailed you know this is Kristen's fantasy. <laughs> that would be a very sharp contrast to everything that's going on to all of a sudden insert that after all that. Yeah, it I, know, fit the I know, I know, now. I know. It wouldn't fit the tone now. It's something I mean, that they, probably should have been inserted in season one. But maybe they I didn't go that route because bit. of Super maybe. 8, because Super 8 had just done that. And they're like, well, we don't want to do exactly what Super 8 just did. We got to do our own thing. Super Eight was mm. ages ago. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and it and it didn't quite nail it. Uh, Jakino did a decent job, but it didn't quite quite nail that um, that vibe. You know what they do? They do well. Um, yeah. I I'm just afraid of it getting repetitive. Could it could? Uh, they've said this is going to be even darker and scarier. So that for me means Dixon and Stein are going to push even more into the more carpentry more you know more of that rock mm-hmm. electronic rock he kind of thing and double down on that is my is my guess that's what i think is going to happen too which is which fine i mean it looks like it'll fit the tone all right um i wonder if we will get a um a ghostbusters ray parker jr cameo song possible our little Elmer Bernstein in there. <laughs> I doubt it. I was, I was just thinking the, the little probably piano. probably be like, Elmer who? Piece, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, if, if they so. went darker and they did some, like, if they went from synth into, like, 80s black metal. Hmm. Like, ooh. I like that now. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be so high up on my list, but What's I could that, see like them What's that, like Alan Parsons project? What? What are you talking about? Are you talking it's music like the Alan Parsons project? That kind of like orchestral like rock type music? Death metal kind of stuff? No, no, no. no. Oh. You mean ACDC? No, no, no. Then you're going to tell us. <laughs> I expect the score to season two of Stranger Things to be exactly the same as season one. There's going to be very little change because it's a TV show and TV shows don't really hmm, pay too close attention to, to their music like films do. I'd say Fargo is that's a rare exception. Face of that. Jeff Russo's oh, a TV show. Yeah, but that's that's something that's, a little bit special. And that's what I don't know. That And this is Stranger Things is pretty special. Not with its music though. It has uh, a, it has well, that really memorable opening title. But yeah. The underscore is totally forgettable and uh, background it's popular uh wallpaper. It's been pretty popular. I I don't expect a radical departure. But I think it's going to evolve. I think, I think they'll try to, I don't know what exactly, but I, I think they'll try to surprise us um, with, with some, some hook in there that, that differentiates it from season one. That would seem like a, a, a smart thing to do and a practical thing in terms of their storytelling. So we'll see. We shall see. You know what I'm actually interested in here, th- and it's a very similar style to... Stranger Things, because Stranger Things is kind of paying homage to this, is Benjamin Walfish's score to It, which is going to come out in September. Mm-hmm. Mm, very true. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Maybe they'll bring Johan Johannes on board <laughs> to help. <laughs> Payback. Payback. Tit for tat. Um, any other thoughts about the Stranger Things trailer, music? Well, just have, like Kristen said, two. Vincent Price. As soon as I watched it, um, I sent it to my brother because Vincent Price is his favorite actor. And I oh. said, Vincent Price is all over this trailer. You're going to love it. And he loves Stranger Things as much as I do. So um, yeah, he was ecstatic. And I'm trying to remember. Just it, having okay. anything with Vincent Price's voice in it is they should just find a way to have him narrate it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, did we get Seeds of the Music first, or did we get Vincent Price's narration first? The music first? came first. The music came first. Because I, I can't remember which came in. As I, I remember as it started to click in my head what I was hearing, obviously Vincent Price's voice, you immediately know what it is, but I, I think it, it was the music, yeah. And I was like, really? They're going to use? And then I wondered how much of it. But brilliant. It was just, it was a brilliant selection from, from top to bottom. Not as if they needed to get me on board with the show. I'm already fully there, but that just got me super excited. And just want to restate uh, how important and how powerful you, the music choices can be in your trailers and in your films. Don't, uh, for sure. Don't discount it you know if you this is my theory if you ever want a score to be memorable play the original music have it you know some kind of theme or motif or whatever but play it in the trailer so that the audience is prepared to hear it over and over again in the trailer and then by the time they get to hear it in the movie when they sit down in the theater and then they hear it again they immediately recognize it and associate it with that film and then that's how it becomes famous and 
I think that's Perhaps. I think that's what needs to happen more often. I mean, how how I wonder how often they have these themes done by the time they're putting teasers out. I'm sure though. it's much harder to do now because things are being scored right up until like a week before it's released, but Yeah. 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 Yep, exactly right. And changing composers and all kinds of things at the last minute. So that makes it that makes it tough too. I, I would say that would definitely work. That would definitely work. Um, I think the only one who would have a shot at that would be like a Nolan Zimmer, since he has Zimmer write the music before there's even a film. Right, the music for Inception um, became super famous because it was used in the trailer for Inception. It's not because of how it was that used. that wasn't his music. What, wait. That was that was someone else's music. That Inception uh, can't remember the Blom thing wasn't in yep. the trailer? Yep. It was, but it wasn't Zimmer's version of it. It was someone else. I can't remember the person's name right now. I uh, can't think of his name at all. So, young guy. Uh, that's, that's who had come up with that. Now, maybe Zimmer had already said, this is what we're going to do, and someone else did it, but it was that was some other young young fella's work who got super famous, although you, you wouldn't know it by me not remembering his name, as a result of it. But the idea still holds true in that. That set us up for the film and the use of that um, brass blast but yeah they're the only ones uh, or maybe uh, oh i can't remember guardians of the galaxy they do some of that as well too so maybe tyler bates and why can't i remember anyone's name right now the director that might be an opportunity where we could get some of that too but of course you know they're gonna put some some nostalgic pop song in their in their trailers so Let's move on to number five, which is the Thor Ragnarok trailer and music. Thor Ragnarok official trailer launched during Comic-Con. Once again, uh, the music within it was very distinctive. uh, And it turns out that it was a a piece written by a group called Magic Sword. And the, the track is called In the Face of Evil. You can find that track on the YouTube link that I put in the notes. Um, or you can find them on Spotify as well. They have they have a few uh, releases there, and they're all in that same vein of music. So if you kind of like that elect- retro electronic vibe, uh, then then they've got a lot more music uh, for you to listen to. Um, I thought it was a great song. I, I think it fit perfectly. I was wondering, what am I listening to? Is this is this mother mother's bar real music that we finally are getting here, or what? And then I looked it up later to find it wasn't. Um, and I kind of think that's what we are going to get from Mother's Bar. I, I, I guess I choose to believe that's the kind of music we're going to get from him because uh, it, it really fit the personality, the visuals, and the way the tone of the film seems to be. What did you think about it, um, Justin? I think it's really cool. I like that style. I mean, it it's uh, it's type of 80s synthy music that I, I like. And when it happens in a, in a movie, uh, I perk up and it's... Uh, I enjoy it. Now, whether or not that type of music winds up in the film, I, I don't know. I I would be surprised because I think it's just going to, you know, fall in line with the rest of the Thor scores. And um, mm. I, I can't imagine Marvel's going to be like, okay, let's just scrap everything we've been doing and and oh, and start again. They oh, do that every movie. No, but not, <laughs> they scrap this is everything and start over. Though. It's not going to change 
the tone of the Thor, you know, mini franchise. I think it is. So it's not like because um, the tone of the although film this is director different. is such they're, a they're damn good director into a Guardians direction. Exactly. Yeah. As long as we don't get retro songs in this, we'll be fine. Oh, there's going to be retro songs. I won't be happy if they do that. Oh, there will, They're, for sure. I mean, but there's no there's no dramatic or narrative reason to do that. <laughs> Unless it's throwback our, our, our Asgardian songs, which we won't know. <laughs> I, I can't, I won't be able to Have you seen his other films, do. like Hunt for the Wilder People, which is one of the best mm-hmm. films this decade? I've seen bits and pieces oh my God. of his And other Sam Neill is in this movie. This is the only reason I want to go see this Thor film, because Sam Neill's in it. <laughs> what? The, the only reason? Yes. Sam Neill's my favorite. Justin and Sam Neill. Yes. Are you, are you having lunch with him, I'm too? not having lunch with Sam Neill. <laughs> he, he would no, escort he... me to a police station, probably, if I had lunch with Sam Neill. Be like, you never, crazy never, person. Never. Stop talking to me about <laughs> oh, obscure New Zealand films. <laughs> So your thing is going to just be toe, toe the, the Thor line and be something similar to what Doyle and, and Tyler has done already. Uh, you, I don't. Well, I think it's going to still have his own style to it, but I, 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 I imagine it's going to be uh, kind of a hybrid of orchestral bombast with uh, some quirky stuff in there. Hmm. What do you about? What about you, Kristen? Oh man, I'm so ready. I'm I'm like so hyped for this and I love Mother's Spa and if he like breaks out like full space opera devo orchestral like mm-hmm. mashup I my mind will just explode I'm ready It would fit it would definitely fit yes. Clearly they're not listening to this podcast cuz we suggested many episodes ago why not why are you not playing whip it in your in your trailer, <laughs> I mean it's the biggest no brainer of all time. Only second to maybe Thriller in Stranger Things. I mean it's just it would just be so perfect, or 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 a symphonic version of Whip It or something would just be insane, insane. So you, so you think it's going to depart from the huge orchestral bombast or a, or a hybrid? Well, or what we've got in this in this trailer. Uh, perhaps. I mean, that's that's not really that's not really his oeuvre. <laughs> oeuvre? It's true. It's it's not really his body of work to do that sort of thing. Um and we're no longer, you know, talking about a setting in Asgard per se. I mean Asgard yeah. is taken over and you know, they're doing the whole Circus Maximus thing, and it needs a, a Wes Anderson different score. treatment. Oh, oh God. They pla. No more. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, it definitely needs different treatment, especially if they are going uh, deep into the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Because this is definitely going to end up with Thor plus Hulk plus Guardians. Plus Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. Plus Sam Neill. I don't even know who he is. He's probably in it for like 30 seconds. Probably.
All right, well, we're going to have to move this on to our sixth topic because I'm personally running out of time, but we don't, I don't want to shortchange probably the biggest story of the last week, week and a half. Um, and so that is that John Powell, the John Powell, has been announced as the composer for the Han Solo movie, the still untitled Han Solo movie. I mean, can we pick a title? Is it that big of a deal? Just give us a title. Um, the internet went nuts. I really couldn't believe my eyes as I read it on Twitter. Had to look for some confirmation. It was on the StarWars.com site. So pretty much that's all you need. Justin, what was your reaction? What do you think about Very this? Very excited. Love John Powell. And I think he'd be perfect because he can, apart from anybody else working today, he can do kind of you know music for flight better than anybody. So... I'm sure there's going to be a lot of flying in this with the Millennium Falcon. So I hope he is allowed to just let it rip and just soar with his with his uh with the orchestra and and bring in that rich melody he is so great at doing. I hope he's allowed to do that. Um a little concern of mine with him is that he's he's a little rough around the edges when it comes to heavy action music. Like orchestral action music, stuff like the Bourne scores, that's completely different. Uh, but yes. I love his Dragon scores. They're the best, I think, of his his entire uh, um, filmography. But uh, the action music is a little rough, but his, his themes and his melodies, when they just soar, are so great. So I hope he is allowed to do something like that with, with Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Kristen, what were your what was your reaction to this news? Well, this movie is such a clusterfuck. Um, <laughs> They're trying to redeem it some kind of way. It is. Yeah, it is such a huge cluster. It's oh, but John Powell, I am so happy to see something. He's been doing like these these sporadic sabbaticals. Yeah, and I'm really happy to see him come back up. Yes. on a regular basis because there needs to be more John Powell music in the world. Um, Agreed. And more so, there needs to be more John Powell interviews in the world. Oh, he's very <laughs> candid. And that's not self-serving speaking, at all. Speaking of rough around the edges. <laughs> oh, wow. He's hilarious. <sighs> he is hilarious. And I appreciate his sense of humor so much. Um well, you but can't get I, attached to a Star Wars film and not do press. Yeah, yeah. That's that's got to be in the contract. <laughs> got to um, be. So yeah, I'm very excited um, to hear what he might do for this. Yeah, I am as well. I'm still still wrapping my brain around it because I, you know, as much as I would have said, yeah, that'd be great. I never thought it would happen. I, I just like no, they would never. They wouldn't even think to pick him. Uh, so it, I'm still wrapping my head around it. I'm certainly excited to hear what he comes up with. Uh, I just, this one I try to think. Now, I don't know what the what the tone of this film is going to be. I don't know what he's going to, is it going to be epic? Is it going to be comedic? Is it going to be both? I'm just, and then I'm trying to think, okay, what Star Wars motifs will they be able to use and not use? 
And if they get to use like the main thing, what will John Powell do with it? It's just like, I love the feeling of not really know. I know the players involved, but not just going in knowing, oh, it's probably going to be pretty much like this. With John Powell, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. And I love that feeling and that anticipation. I'm still, the movie, you could not show the movie and just release the soundtrack. I'd be fine. I'd be fine with it. I'll see it. But my hopes for it being a really great experience are are not high. But fueled by a John Powell score, it just got better, no matter whether it was great already or whether it sucked, it just got a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So so that that I'm excited about being excited. I hope he's allowed and, to be John Powell and not try to do a John Williams score. Yeah, I mean, how much of that do you do? And not that's the stuff that I mean. It's like we wondered that with Giacchino. How much, how John Williams is he going to be, or how much of himself is going to be? But this is even a further. These are even further apart. This I I would and imagine. So, I, I have a feeling this is going to be along the lines of Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. Although you know, if there was humor in it before under the other directors, I bet it's gone now because Ron Howard doing. You know, adding humor to his oh. movie, he's he's not a, he's not good at that. He's uh, I think he is a. I think they brought him to round off the humor. I think the humor has got to be the base. When you have those two yeah. guys, humor is your base. And I think Ron Howard is going to round it off and and Let's maybe hope. take some of the edge uh, off. Ron of Howard that. isn't really the my favorite director by a long shot. Yeah, I think. There are some films of his that I absolutely love, like Willow and Apollo 13, but there's a lot and yes. in, in stuff in the 80s I love too, but I there's a lot of him that is just not so great. dull, you know? He's kind yeah. of his his yeah, movie's just flatline for me half the time. That racing yeah, movie he did a couple of years ago with uh, Liam Hemsworth, oh god, it was torture to get through. Uh, people loved it and I mean it was a solid movie. It was fine. I mean, it's just it was like Drum, dramatic filmmaking, paint by the numbers, and but he did Arrested Development. Oh God, yes, but that's that's not him. I mean, he hmm, produced. I didn't think it, about that. That's interesting. But did he direct no. them? Horowitz guy. What's his first name? I I I'm, I'm not going to go look it up right direct. now. But uh, you know, I, anyway. So I, I, I'm glad he's involved because he'll be the adult in the room, but um, yeah. I wouldn't rely on him to deliver sparks. Mitchell Horowitz. What'd you say? Mitchell Horowitz. Yeah. Oh, Mitchell Horowitz. I, I think he'll deliver exactly what Kathleen Kennedy at all want him to deliver. <laughs> I, think that's what he, I think that's what he's going to deliver. But I'm excited about John um, Powell and... I would yes. rather he do it than anybody else. Hmm. I mean, I would have been fine with Giacchino uh, yeah, coming back. I, to give him a I shot. I would have been fine with Giacchino coming huh? back because he did Rogue One, and mm. he did that successfully, mm. and this would actually allow him to mm. have more time to work on it. But, True. Um, no, but I'm, I'm glad to hear. I, I want someone is, else. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is really cool. Love Giacchino, but we need we need some different, you know, there's Giacchino, there's the remote control guys. We need some different flavors. Right. Yeah, we, Agree. We needs to, we need to. And so, I mean, John Powell, John Powell, ex, ex remote control guy. Media I mean, his, adventure, yeah, yeah. But, but he's got he has his own style so and his own life, life unlike and, the rest yeah. of them. I mean, 
And I know Lauren Balfe can do that kind of thing. He, you know, that bat, his Batman Lego Batman score is fantastic, and so we know these guys can yeah. do it. They just don't get asked to. Um, so, but still, just need some different flavors doing these mainstream big blockbuster films. We need different folks, guys and women, who can do something different. Um, and so I, I'm excited for that. I mean, he's a well-established name. He's going to be super established after this. People are like, where has this guy been? Where did he come from? And then they're going to see his whole back catalog. And be like, oh, my gosh, this guy's And guy then they fantastic. can go out and get his, so, Rush, uh, his Prussian Requiem that comes out at the end of the year. Oh, is that I coming? so. I can't wait. Yay. Yay. Very excited about that. On the downside, now I'm invested in this movie again. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm invested in the score. I'm not the film... <laughs> Whatever, whatever, dudes and dudettes, you know, I, I, I don't expect to, I really don't expect to like I know, we're much, getting but. a Woody Harrelson in a Star Wars movie. This is what I always wanted. Yeah, <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Um, all right, well, I think that's going to have to wrap it up for our Soundcast 6, Volume 4. We hope you enjoyed all six topics. We'd love to hear what you thought about any or all of the topics, if you would like to share them with us. And again, you can do so by sending us an email at soundcast.tracksounds.com, hitting us up on Twitter at TrackSounds, or commenting on Facebook. Um, you can, if for some reason you want to let me know directly what you're thinking, you can do that on Twitter at C. Coleman. Um, and just a little plug for another podcast, uh, The Annotator, which is on episode five now. They're releasing bi-weekly, and they're simply uh, composers uh, commenting and sharing their stories over top of the music that they've composed. I intro them and outro them, and that's it. You don't hear anything more from me. It's all composer and all of their music and um, getting some very good feedback on it. So if you have not listened to The Annotator yet, We'd love for you to check it out. Just go to theannotator.net. Justin Craig, film music writer. Where can people write to you? I am at 10 Privet Drive. <laughs> uh, I've never given a physical address before. That'd be great. Where can they send presents? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is starting to go very quickly. I need more coffee. Um you can find me on Twitter at Justin underscore M underscore Craig dot com dot net right. dot org. No, you're going to confuse them. No oh, dots. Yes. Didn't you say yeah. Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. At Twitter. Okay. That's your Twitter handle. No dot coms or dot nets. Uh, and Kristen Romanelli, how can people um, film score monthly you? <laughs> <laughs> they can find me on Twitter at KB for now. That's K-B-F-O-R-N-O-W. And you can find Film Score Monthly, which has a new issue out just in time for the end of July <laughs> uh, at fsmonline.com. Uh, fsmonlinemag.com. <laughs> Even you mess up your own <laughs> domain. I know. I know. I meant to say I live at 4 Privet Drive because I screwed up my Harry Potter reference. Oh, I don't get it. Crap going on outside with Voldemort on the street. Jesus, that was bloody. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening to the Soundcast. We appreciate it. And until our next episode, we want to say, may the volume be turned up louder. Bye. Bye. Bye.